Yeah. And that, you'll find that among us serious confessional Lutherans, we don't want to jack around with the word of God. Right. right. So we're, you know, this is what Jesus used. This is what Jesus said. So that's what we do. Welcome to Christ in All Things, a conversation about meaning and purpose. It's based on a verse from the Bible, Colossians chapter 1, verse 17, which says, Christ is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Christ in All Things is a listening ear into conversations about receiving and giving the love and hope of Christ. And these conversations are an invitation, because as you'll hear, and as much as we enjoy having them, digital media operates from a distance, and that distance is not what's best for us, with God or with one another. So, thanks for listening, and if you're in the neighborhood, we invite you to participate in person in the life that finds its epicenter at St. Paul's Lutheran Church, 210 East Pleasant Street in Oconomowoc, Wisconsin. Welcome to Christ in All Things. I am Pastor Lance O'Donnell. And I'm Pastor Jason Schachman. And we today are talking about visiting St. Paul's. So if you're downtown in, in, or in Oconomowoc and coming to visit us, we want to walk you through uh, what it's like to be a visitor, what you'll see, and what you should think about. And that starts by understanding where we're located. Pastor Shockman, tell us about where we're located. Well, we're located just just off the main thoroughfare of downtown Oconomowoc, right on the coast of Fowler Lake, right next to the city boat launch, right where the weed harvesting boat comes in to dump. I all like of how its you cargo. call it the 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 coast. Yeah, of Fowler Lake. Yeah, yeah. You got to watch out. They get big waves. <laughs> you get big waves on Fowler Lake. But deep. Yeah. Yeah. Fowler Lake. <laughs> you just can't get it right, can you? <laughs> just can't get it. Okay. Right. Uh, yeah. So you know, right across our parking lot is the back door to Roots Cafe. Uh, and we're 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 right across uh, the boardwalk from the Village Green, City Hall. Uh, yeah, City Hall's in our front yard. Coco's I mean, Restaurant is literally across the street. Right, w- we are located right in the heart of downtown Oconomowoc, which is an amazing thing. Pastor Shackman wasn't here when we did this yet, so it's worth talking about because you may not have heard this this story. When we turned 150 years old as a congregation in 2015, we owned a piece of land that was purchased in 09 on the west side of the county. And the the debate was we bought it because maybe it would be a second site or maybe the church would move there. And in 2015, we went through a big process related to our anniversary and the congregation resoundingly, I mean, resoundingly said, sell the piece of land. We want to stay downtown. So we are we are in Oconomowoc by deliberate choice for now approaching 160 years. We're glad that you want to come visit us. Let's talk about when you when you come to St. Paul's, what you see, and that let's start with what we call our confession of faith. So right on the outside of the building, as you approach the front doors of the church, coming up the steps from the corner of Pleasant Street and St. Paul Street. There's some writing built into the stone of the arch of that main door. And, and it's a, it says UAC. And you're thinking, what in the world does that mean? Pastor Shockman, <laughs> what thought, does that mean? I thought this was a Lutheran church. And y'all are UAC something? UAC is Unaltered Augsburg Confession. What does that mean? 
It means we subscribe to in totality because it is a right teaching of what the scriptures have given us, the Augsburg Confession. So the Augsburg Confession of 1530 is an absolute key document in the history of the Reformation of the Church, and that is the fundamental doctrine of what Lutherans believe. Yeah, it was when the German princes all gathered together and basically said to the Pope and the Emperor of the Holy Roman Empire, which was neither holy nor Roman, but that's a discussion for another time, uh, you can tell us what we're supposed to teach in our churches in our lands, but we, the princes of these German lands, we're telling you this is what will be taught in our churches. And if you guys really have a problem with it, you can take our heads. So in subsequent centuries, the reason it has UAC is that in subsequent decades and centuries, people altered the Augsburg Confession to make it more culturally friendly wherever the church may have gone. And so these conservative confessional Lutheran churches said, we subscribe to the unaltered Augsburg Confession. Because, right, and I'm, I'm stressing this word, yep. because it's kind of a big deal in our, in our Lutheran circles. We actually have Latin for this idea. Uh, we call it a quia, a quia subscription to the confessions. That is because it is a right understanding of what Scripture teaches. Not, not insofar as it's a right understanding. That's a different Latin word altogether. So when you're visiting, you'll see UAC yep. above the door. Yep. And that means unaltered Augsburg Confession. And then but actually, above that um, is a window. What? A window. A so stained talk to glass us about window. That. So there's a round stained glass window above that. And and that's a depiction of what is called the dominical mandate. This is Christ giving instruction to his apostles, telling them as they're going through their lives, they are now in an office that baptizes and teaches. And that's how disciples are going to be made and brought into the church. So Jesus says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, Therefore as you are going, go and make, make disciples. disciples. That's the mandate. Yeah. Right. Go and make disciples of all nations, yeah. baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them. Teach, teaching them to cherish, to treasure, to keep, to, to vouch safe. That's my word for it because uh, nobody talks that way. So it's kind of fun to value so highly all these things that I've commanded you that you not only cherish them, but talk about them with other people and teach them to your children. So when so when you walk in the doors at St. Paul's, we have this very firm, devout confession of faith. And at the heart of that confession of faith is a, is a conviction about the scriptures, that they are the inspired word of God. We also subscribe to the Lutheran confessions because they are a correct explanation or exposition of the word of God. That's the UAC. And then you're going to walk in the doors and you're going to end up in what's called the narthex, a small area. It's traditional church architecture. And so we want to talk to you about that architecture and, and so then you get a feel for what you're going to walk into. There are three classic aspects of Christian architecture. Uh, verticality, uh, permanence, and iconography, or in other words, artwork. So churches traditionally are designed with some verticality, meaning they go, they go up in the air. They tend not to be flat structures historically that, that mirror the earth, 
but that draw your eyes upward. And why, Pastor Shackman, explain to folks why that's important. Uh, Theologically speaking, I like to talk about theology by arrow. Right. So if it's a horizontal arrow, that then it means it's really my, my religion is all about my relationship with my fellow man. But if it's vertical, that means it's all about how God comes to me and how I respond to him. Right. Primarily about how God in Christ comes to us. So our eyes are drawn up because he is coming to us. So when you come to St. Paul's, when you come in for a worship worship service, one of the things you're going to hear is we're going to talk about our identity and our mission right at the get-go. We're going to say, when you come in, welcome to St. Paul's. Here, Christ is in all things. This is what this podcast is all about. <laughs> and, then, and then we repeat, for our own sakes, for the sake of the people, for those who are listening and watching, the, our mission, right? And our mission is to receive... The love and hope love of Christ. The love and hope of Christ. That's the vertical thing. Yeah. God comes to us. Yeah. We'll talk about this more in a future podcast, but that's absolutely critical to understanding what you encounter when you come to worship here is we 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 believe that worship and fact in fact life begins with receiving, receiving the love and hope of Christ. So we say our mission is receiving and giving, giving. the love and hope of Christ. So when you, you're gonna encounter verticality, that is a room draws your eyes upward. You'll also encounter permanence, and one of the—that's the second aspect of classic Christian architecture—is we tend to build structures when we can that settle us in location, permanence, stone, mortar, you know, bricks, uh, those type of thing. And our forefathers at St. Paul's, when they built our structure, the current structure, in 1917, right, as the World War is going on. Um, they built this to last. And again, this our structure was built, what we call the sanctuary, where we worship. It was built in 1917, and it is solidly built, strong, and with now, as we'll start to talk about, when you walk in, all kinds of iconography, that is icons, things that teach you the faith in many and various different ways. And we want to start with the central piece of that architecture which is actually what you're going to see as you come into the sanctuary way up at the front, right? It's, it starts at the floor level right there on the floor is the baptismal font. It's before you get into the the chancel. So explain what a baptismal font is. Okay. So the baptismal font is a piece of furniture, which is actually also meant to teach. Uh, And I'll talk about that in just a second. Uh, It sets on the floor not in, but on the floor, and it, it holds a vessel at the top of it in which water is poured, which is just plain water, until it's combined with the word and promise of God, at which point it is the delivery of the forgiveness of sins. It is a life-giving flood, this baptism that goes on there. So when, when you come in to worship at St. Paul's, we want you to see really kind of three key things. Font, Baptism, yeah, lectern and pulpit, with word of God, and then altar. So let's talk about let's let's talk a little bit about lectern and pulpit and word before we go back talking about the altar. Sure. So again, you're going to start at the floor. That's your baptism. That's the entrance into the kingdom. The next level up is the lectern and the pulpit. Right? They're 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 at the same height. Uh, one, the lectern is on the left. It's where you, as you look at the altar, it's where the word of God is read from. 
On the right, as you look at the altar, is the pulpit. And that's where the word is preached from. That's where the the declaration of the forgiveness of sins is made to you based on the text that you heard. Right? This word then calls us to repentance, delivers the forgiveness of sins, and prepares us well to receive Christ who comes to us in the bread and wine, which is his body and blood, at the table of the altar. Before we go to that, let's talk a little bit, because the pulpit and the lectern are different. They are. And so why, why are they different? Well, b- because they, they serve slightly different functions, right? The lectern is, is simply the place where the Word of God is announced. It's where it's declared from, or no, rather just read from. The pulpit uh, is a little bigger. It, it sits out a little further from the, the back wall of the chancel. It's a, it sits up a little higher. Right, um, which large in part makes it easier to stand and talk from, so that you can apply the word that was read to the very lives of the people that this word has been brought into the midst of. So, when you come to visit, absolutely central in Lutheran theology and in what we believe as Lutherans is baptism, where because because faith is a gift. And baptism is not something that we do to please God. It is rather something that God does for us. He, he in baptism, St. Paul says, adopts us. He washes us, forgives us. So baptism is central. It is part of everything that we do. And we're going to do in a whole other series about why we do what we do in worship. But when you walk in, you're going to see that font in the center, right there on the floor. You're going to look up a little bit. You'll see the Word of God read because... The, the command, thinking about the big window that you walked in when you came through the doors, the command is go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the and, name of the Father, yeah. the Son, and the Holy, Holy Spirit, Spirit. And, and teaching them to, to treasure, hold dear all things that I have commanded you. And there that gets us to lectern and pulpit. Preaching re- is about teaching the faith. Yes. Right? It's about calling that where the Lord calls us to repentance, that is to acknowledge our sins so that he can declare to us through the pastor that God has forgiven us. Right. This is when you come in for, for and again, we'll talk about this in, in future episodes, but the absolute center and core of what Lutherans are about, especially Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod people are about, is about receiving the forgiveness of sins. God earns that forgiveness for us. How? On the cross. Well, even beyond that, right? He earns that forgiveness in the perfect life of the incarnate God, Jesus Christ, the God-man, who then goes to the cross deserving no guilt, but takes on the guilt of the sin of the world and pays its penalty on the cross. There on the cross, he then declares... To tell us, die, it is finished once and for all, this past act that has present and enduring consequences. Uh, and, and then, and then he he's buried and he rises from the dead, right? The vindication that the, the price has been paid, the account has been settled. And this, my son, God, he raises from the dead uh, so that we have the promise of life in him right but you said something else it's it's not just that that he delivers to us christ in the word that is preached and proclaimed because christ 
doesn't just come by what we hear. He also comes by what we receive at the table of the altar. What we eat. This is a this is a huge thing for. So again, when you come when you come to visit, a lot of people, and you'll hear a lot of Christians talk about the cross, and there are all kinds of songs about the cross, and that of course that's a wonderful thing, but we Lutherans understand that what God earned for us on the cross, he has designed to distribute to us. To be given. To be to deliver to us. Yeah. Through what, you know, so we call these sacraments or word means of grace, means by which God delivers or distributes to us the victory that was won for us by his death and resurrection. So that's baptism. That's the Lord's Supper. That's And that's also the reading of the word, the, yeah. the preaching of the word. And so now let's talk, related to the supper, let's talk about the, the furniture and the artwork that you see right front and center when yeah. you walk in related to the Lord's Supper. So there's two things going on there. Uh, one is the table. That's where uh, the the elements of the Lord's Supper, the body and blood of Christ, are served from. Behind the table is uh, the sometimes called the reredos. <laughs> the happy Latin word. <laughs> the the rear altar, right? The sure. back altar. Yeah. Um, and, and that is a very ornate structure. It is beautiful. Yeah, it doesn't have to be, but, there, but you, you have ours, all kinds, ours is. You have all kinds of freedom in Christian architecture, Absolutely. and ours has is more elaborate. Yeah, and, and it and it draws the eye up, right? Uh, it it really does. It draws your eye up. So let's let's talk about what happens at the altar sure. before we talk about what's above. Well, that's not the a bad altar. idea. So so because <laughs> again, just to re, to repeat, God won forgiveness for us. As Christ died and rose for us on the cross. Yeah, for you. For you, as you hear this, right? And so when you come to worship, the purpose of worship is not primarily for us to praise God. It is first and foremost for God to deliver us his word, to call us to repentance and deliver us the forgiveness of sins. And then we respond, right? Because our mission at reflecting the word is to receive receive and and then give. give the love and hope of Christ. So one of the ways in which God has promised to deliver his forgiveness to us is in this simple and yet utterly profound meal yeah. that we, we typically call the, the Lord's, Lord's Supper. Supper. Talk to us about that. W- well, uh, it's wine and bread. Real wine. R- and <laughs> in our case, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, we use, right, because the the Lord's Supper was Jesus at what the Jewish Passover meal, and that yeah. meal had unleavened bread yep. and wine. And we can do the topic about you know, what you use in, in the supper another time, but we use wine because Jesus used wine. Yeah. And that, you'll find that among us serious confessional Lutherans, we don't want to jack around with the word of God. Right. right? So we're, you know, this is what Jesus used, this is what Jesus said, so that's what we do. Yeah, because it's easier that way. It's simple, and we who are we to mess with what Jesus said? Yeah, why mess with it? Yeah, right? If it's a good thing? Eh. So here then, he delivers over lips and tongue his very body and blood because that's what he said it was. Because he said so, right? And I, I like to say, the Lord's Supper, it is the only time in your life in this human sphere that God invades your world 
through all five senses at the same time. That's fun. Yeah. So, so when you visit, so, and you should understand this, and we say this out of charity and love, but the, the scriptures determine how we administer the Lord's Supper. So if, if you're not a Lutheran, if you're not of the same confession of faith, and you find this in other, is particular if you've gone to a Roman Catholic church or an Eastern Orthodox church, we practice what's called closed communion. That means it's not y'all come. You need to understand what you're receiving. You need to be of the same faith and, and family. And we can, you know, if you want to talk to us about that, let's have a personal pastoral conversation. Yeah, we'll, do, we'll, we'll do more. We'll do other episodes about that in the future. But when you come to visit uh, and you're not a Lutheran, you should just, you, you know, just sit back there, receive the word, watch what's going on. And if you're intrigued, then come and talk to us because then we'll talk about what it means to be a part of this family of God and work towards a, a light confession where you can be admitted to the altar here. It's we, we don't, where we, you can, where you can joyfully and confidently in a, in a good confession of faith with a clear heart, receive the gifts that Christ gives with your brothers and sisters in Christ, knowing we say the same thing. Yep. So again, we'll talk more about that, but when you walk in, so again, you, you walk right in the door, you're going to see front and center on the floor up, up near the front, near the, what we call the chancel, the baptismal font. You'll look up on your left will be the lectern. That's where the things are. The readings are read on your right, elevated, slightly larger will be the pulpit. That's where preaching takes place. Then you go up a little bit and there's this table in the center of this small room back there called the chancel. That's where the elements for the Lord's Supper are consecrated and then begun to be distributed. Then we have this back altar, the Reredos, that Pastor Shockman talked about with all the ornate stuff. And then as your eyes are drawn up, you're going to, to the left and the right, you're going to see windows. Uh, on the As you look at it on the left is the window w- which depic- depicts Christ when he's in the Garden of Gethsemane, when he's suffering, right? When yeah, he is in pre- agony, yeah. preparing, because he's preparing to die. On the window on the right, you'll see Christ ascending in clouds, all right? And that's after Jesus' resurrection, uh, 40 days later, he ascends into heaven. And that's on, that's on the right. And then as you look up from there above, there's this wonderful statue. Talk to us a little bit about the statue yeah, so and the, the uniqueness of it. Uh, so there's a statue of, uh, of at the very top of the Ray Dose, and it's, it's a statue of Christ. He's holding out his hands, his nail-marked hands, uh, and I just noticed this today, actually, as we were up there looking at it. Uh, he's kind of looking at the pulpit, right? I don't know if you ever picked that up. He's he's kind of looking at where the pulpit sits, you know, almost to say, here, I am the risen one, right? I am the, the, the enfleshed God man, and I'm watching this guy give you my word right? from the, from the pulpit. So That's kind of w- cool. The, the statues, uh, again... We believe in the power of artwork to teach, teach the faith. And so what you see there is this is this is the risen Jesus, right? In a depiction of the risen yeah, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. It's not actually that shows Jesus. his hands marked by the nails where where he died. So which we, which incidentally, because we just had this in a reading not to, not but a week ago, which incidentally is the visual evidence that all eleven of the remaining disciples needed before they believed that he was actually risen from the dead. Not just Thomas, right? All 11 saw the nail marks, then they believed. Then they believed. So then from there, in, with the, that, that's the primary thing. 
when you walk in, you know, again, Christian architecture, we have this confession of faith of what we believe, right? That we, we are forgiven by a, as a gift, right? That that's the central teaching uh, for the, of the Christian church. And that's what we Lutherans, uh, we Lutherans confess. And that that is based on the, the authority, the absolute authority, final authority of the word of God. Right, so uh, of yeah. Christ Himself, of Christ Himself, who said, "All, all authority, authority has been given to me." Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. And part of that making disciples is teaching. So the New Testament is the recorded teaching of those guys whom He gave authority to to teach. Right? So, so when so when you walk in, you'll see the baptismal font, you'll see the lectern in the pulpit, you'll see the the table, and you'll see the the back altar, you'll see the the windows, you'll see the statue of Christ. And then if you imagine you, you walked up front and then turned to your right or to your left, there are windows all around that depict various events and important things in the life of the Christian. We want to go through those very briefly. We'll do a whole series on these windows probably in the future. But for you who are visiting, we just want you to be aware. And so, Pastor Shockman, talk a little bit about core values and then maybe how these windows sure. reflect to sure reflect. so here at st paul's we have four core values worship witness education service uh as you as you go uh, uh you know as you're looking at the sanctuary let's start on the pulpit side uh so if you you turn from the baptismal font to your right there's the pulpit uh keep turning toward your right there's a large window there that depicts uh jesus in the home of mary and martha uh, and this definitely has a connection to worship as Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus, uh, willingly stopping what she's doing to spend time with her Lord. Uh, in the background, then, you also see Martha, who is busy in serving, right? busy in doing. Uh, and so you could say that it's worship and service. Uh, the next window is Mary at the tomb. Uh, and this is uh, found in John chapter 20. Uh, this is Mary weeping at the tomb and Jesus standing outside the tomb, the resurrected Christ, uh, before he says, uh, Mary, and she turns around and recognizes him and kind of goes a little crazy. Um, uh, the next window, as we move again down the right side of the sanctuary, is Paul at a city called Lystra, where he is proclaiming the word of God. It's in Acts chapter 14. So that's witness. We see witness reflected there. Uh, Mary at the tomb, by the way, uh, we see that <laughs> that definitely reflects worship as she falls at the feet of Jesus to worship him who has risen from the dead. Uh, then the last window on the pulpit side is... Uh, it's not actually the Lister window. Oh, yeah, you're right. One. I skipped yeah. it. Uh, the, the next window, rather, is the Good Shepherd window. And then the last window is Paul at Lystra. Uh, so the Good Shepherd window depicts uh, Jesus as the Good Shepherd caring for his sheep. Uh, and one of the key phrases in that chapter of John chapter 10 is, uh, My sheep hear my voice, and they know me, and they follow me. Uh, and so I connect that window to education. Right? We need to learn the word of God so we know the voice of the shepherd. If we go back up to the front, we've got uh, down the left side then the the first window on the, Emmaus, the left. Is the Emmaus the Emmaus window. I couldn't remember which order they went in. Uh, the Emmaus window, this is Jesus walking with the disciples and he's teaching them about everything that's that's the scriptures have said about the, what he just accomplished. So that's education. Uh, the next window is... 
uh, Peter walking on the water and he sinks. And so this is about worship, Peter worshiping Christ. Then the golden calf, the Ten Commandments, that's all about education. The last window is kind of tucked in under the balcony. It's Luther holding a Bible, uh, pointing us into our vocations as we go out into our world equipped by his word. So, and that's a good summary for us. So when you come to visit St. Paul's, make sure you introduce yourself We'll have people there to greet you, but please make sure you introduce yourself to me or Pastor Shockman or whoever the pastor is that, that happens to be there that day, and we will be happy to welcome you. We'll get you seated. You will have an incredibly rich experience by which you will learn something about the Christian faith just by looking around, and but above all, by what you hear from God himself through his word at his, as it is delivered to you. Thank you for joining us in Christ in all things. God bless you. For show notes and other information about this or other episodes of Christ in All Things, visit ChristInAllThings.org. Comments may be emailed to comments at ChristInAllThings.org. To support Christ in All Things, click the donate page at either ChristInAllThings.org or SPLCO.org. In thanks for a one-time gift of $100 or more, you receive a pair of nerdy blue light blocking glasses with the Christ in All Things logo on them. Pastor Shockman loves these. That is so not true. Patrons who subscribe for a monthly gift of $20 or more will have early access to the show and receive some on-air clapping. As well as a pair of Wisconsin-made Christ in All Things hiking socks. Gifts of $1,000 or more will receive thunderous on-air clapping. And a word of thanks, plus a handmade leather Christ in All Things folio by the Murdy Creative Company. For a gift of $10,000 or more, we will go bleeping bananas. (laughs) Do a happy dance and take the show on the road to your home or wherever it is you'd like to fly us to record with you. All post-production surplus supports youth ministry at St. Paul's. Thank you for your support. Christ in All Things is a production of St. Paul's Lutheran Church, 210 East Pleasant Street, Oconomowoc, Wisconsin. For more information about St. Paul's, visit splco.org, email us at info at splco.org, or call us at 262-567-5001. Intro, outro music, setting by Joseph Hurl, copyright 1998, Concordia Publishing House, used with permission.